I just believe that 2022 uh, is actually going to be uh, a wonderful opportunity for us, for you, for I to make a difference. We're going to do one of two things. We're just going to coast through and just survive ourselves, or we're going to make a difference. We're not going to let the principalities and the powers and the airwaves rule everything around us. And it's very clear in Scripture that this is what will happen if God's people doesn't, don't step up and do something about it. And I believe we're being called to step up to do something about that. But so many, uh, even believers, don't have a clue about their purpose in life. And so they're able just to come and think that everything uh, about, about religion or Christianity, it's all just about fire insurance. I'm going to go to heaven now. I know I'm going to go to heaven. And, and that's really not what it's about. That's, that's very important, and you do want to go to heaven. <laughs> Because it's hot down there. <laughs> Whatever's going to be the problem, it's, it's hot. You don't want to be there. Hell is not the place you want to land, even though maybe all your friends might be there. So you want to go to heaven, but let's just not stop there. And this is what the really even the prophets were prophesying to the, 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 the remnant, the, the children of Israel, uh, saying, come on, you guys, don't stop. I have blessing and favor that I want to pour into you. I want to give you the signet ring. I want you to have the authority. But so it's so easy to be so caught up in just making a living uh, and, and, and doing what we need to survive well that we can easily not let the kingdom of God be first. And this is the call of the scripture. Die to yourself. Let the kingdom be first. I will take care of everything else. And see, we don't quite totally, we have, a, we have a struggle believing that. And so we progress forward, you know, sometimes, you know, a little bit over here where we're just, you know, putting a lot of our strength and focus here without putting it here. And, and it's important for us to, to not be found there. And I believe if, 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 if you allow yourself this year to begin to understand that God created you for and with a purpose, it will change the trajectory of your life. And when you get to the end of it, you won't be in regret. You won't, you won't get to heaven and say, man, did I miss all of that? And, 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 and so it's important for us to hear this. And so we're going we're gonna to go through uh, over the next few weeks a, uh, a series that I believe will help us to get there at a practical level because so much of Christianity is just practical. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's following his word. And, and when I think about the, the, the purpose that I have in my life, and what do you think about the purpose that you have for your life? You know, it's just so easy for us to not recognize that or not see that as important. And so then I can just go about each day. If I don't understand that, then I'm automatically going to uh, fall prey to just making a living and being a good person and trying to be nicer when really our righteousness is in Christ, not in what we do. Right? So we're wasting time. And I'm not saying you're not to become righteous, right? 
But what I am saying is you're wasting your time trying to become righteous. But if you can... <laughs> I need some backup here, I'm sure. Because that could be totally mis mistaken, but the re that is the reality. Even Isaiah said that, right? It says, all of your righteousness is like filthy rags. And that's a radical term. If you research that out. And so I, I want you to listen to some familiar words or terms that you would even quote at times, or maybe you would even know about, and, 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 uh, and yet somehow we can, maybe can miss it a little bit on it. And so let's, let's pray before we, before we jump into the Word here. Father, I thank you today that you created each and every one of us with a purpose in mind. That purpose was to be for your glory, <laughs> and God, that's what we want to do, is to magnify and to glorify as we sang only you, Jesus. I pray today as we look into the word and we look at some thoughts, Father, that you would just quicken something inside of each one of us and where there's been a lack of understanding or maybe just I didn't know that, that that would, that would change. And today, as, as Paul prayed, the eyes of our spiritual understanding would be awakened. And God, I thank you that it's the power of your spirit this morning that will do that. So some of these familiar phrases are this, God formed you. How many have ever heard that before? How many can tell me where that's found? Psalms 139. He formed me. We know that verse. What about he called you? He called you. And I just stuck one scripture. There's many scriptures on your notes. There's many scriptures for all of these. But the Bible says that he called us. And it actually says in Isaiah, I believe it is, he called me by name. So you're not a number. You're actually a name that he loves. You're a person that he loves. How about you know the Bible says that he equips you? And it also says that he's gifted you. And he's also said that he anoints you. It also says that he fills you. It also says that he leads and he guides you. And I'm thinking, wow, how can I miss the fact that God has something for me in my life to do? Right here on terra firma. I, I'm not waiting for the sweet by and by for stuff to happen. Ain't nothing going to have to happen to the sweet by and by. But what needs to happen through our lives now is with all of this equipping and me understanding that I have a purpose. I find that, <clears throat> excuse me, today, in our day, in our generation, I'm finding and seeing that there's many believers who are becoming very weary and even throwing in the towel, or they're just giving in to the things around us, or they're just starting to go with the flow, or worse than that, they're buying into some of the lies and deceptions, and they're embracing them. I'm talking to you about Christians today. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the Gentiles or the unsaved. I'm talking about the Christians they're buying into things that they should clearly not buy into. You know, I know we get into little side things that we all can have our disagreements about. Okay? But there's some things that are so clear in Scripture that we ought not to be even going near them as it's touching death. And yet we're seeing, at large, we're seeing that happen. But you know something? You read Haggai, and he says, hey, I'm going to anoint 
uh, Zerubbabel and Joshua and the remnant. I'm going to anoint the remnant. He's going to anoint the people of God that are pursuing him. But I, I know that it's easy for us in the midst of this culture and in this atmosphere, if we're not careful, to become weary. Paul warned us in Galatians 6 and verse 9. He says, so do not get, let's not get tired of doing what's good, and just the, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing, what, if we don't give up. So he's warning us right there. I believe it's important for us to know uh, that we absolutely were created for a purpose and that we have to be very careful that we aren't giving up on that plan and purpose. Now, I'm I found just through the past couple years, uh, I find there's a real pressure to get your focus off of your calling. And, and, and this is what he's talking about here. And so this is what we're going to look at over the next uh, two or three weeks, uh, what is your purpose? How do you find it out? And how do you live it out? And how do you walk it out? Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, it says this here. Again, I'm going to read some familiar scriptures to you. But I, I, I was thinking as I was preparing, I thought, you know, the scripture also, and I don't have the reference to it, but it says familiarity will breed contempt. So in other words, you get too familiar with something and pretty soon it's not important to you. It's like it just goes right over your head. And this is some of these scriptures. But listen to this, Jeremiah 1.5. But I shaped you in the womb. I know all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Do you know that's why he gave you the strength and the ability to become a gold medal swimmer? You outswam millions of others to get to that egg so that you could be where you're at today. I mean, think about it. He started you out as a champ. He gave you the ability. He says, listen, before I shaped you in the womb, I made you. I, I gave you a purpose. And look at Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans, the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. I give you a future and a hope. So your plans aren't just for today, but they're for all of eternity that I should be working toward. I give you plan, or I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Now, I want you to just stop here for just a second on that particular verse because I wonder for you, when you read that, what does it say to you? Do you really take a hold of it to the point? Now, if you're taking a hold of it right, what, the next thing you would do is say, well, God, I wonder what that is, Right? Come on, if I said to you, I have a plan for you, or I have a treasure map for you, and at the end of it, there's gold, what would you do next? Wouldn't you just come to me and say, can I have that map? Can I have that plan? See, this is what he's saying here. I have plans for you, and they're good. They're to give you a future and a hope, and yet I got to read that, and then I just walk away. I look at the mirror, and I walk away, and I never stop to say, well, God, what is the plan? And, 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 you know, we have to step into that place where we're coming back to God and saying, God, you said it. How do I understand it? And I have found on my journey, 
on my journey of following Christ that when I come to him with an open heart and a heart of desire and a desire to know, he always answers. He begins to answer. And it's funny because his answer comes differently than what I want. You know, I'd like to just have, here, just give me go right and go left. But he doesn't do that because he's a relational God and he's his ultimate goal is to get you to know him and learn how to follow him and to walk with him. That's why he got 12 people right out of the chute. At the very beginning, Jesus got 12 people and brought them around him. Because what was he doing? He was trying to get them to really know the Father. The Father wasn't some Buddha sitting on a stand. The Father was a person just like he was. And one of his statements to the, to the disciples was, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen what? The Father, right? And so, see, he's coming to us, and he's trying to bring this message to us. Romans chapter 8, another very familiar one that we abuse, amuse, we don't use it right all the time. Listen to this. In all things, God works for good for those who love him. See, I love that part of it. I think that's awesome. Let it all work for good for me, Lord. But look at what he goes on to say. He says, but who have been called according to his what? His purpose. And so he's really trying to stress and emphasize that there's a purpose that he created you for. And he shaped you for that purpose. So you're going to be a success if you step into it. But if you don't, then you won't be a success. I think a lot of people want to do God's will. I really do. But they just struggle to know how. And so that's what we're going to hopefully cover over the next few weeks uh, how do we do that? How do I figure it out? How do I come to the conclusion of what is my purpose? As I think about the scriptures, I think about Abraham. How many, how many would define Abraham's life? What would you say about Abraham that you know for sure? Faith, right? And also, he's a father of many. He's a multitude of many. But, but you, would, you would know his life by faith. What about Jonah? What would you know about Jonah? It's not a good idea to not do what God wants you to do. <laughs> and, and you just go on through. What about Jacob? When you think about Jacob, what do you think about Jacob? Remember the little ladder? What is it? It's, it's a connection with God. It was he had this personal connection and encounter with God once he stopped being a deceiver. God changed his name to Israel. He changed his whole life. He changed Abraham's life. I think he wants to come into our life and do the same thing. He wants to come in and change our life and change it, which automatically changes the trajectory of my life. All of a sudden now I can get on track with him. And, and you can just go through the scriptures and you find, you know, these different ones, you know, that, that their name that, that God used. And it seemed to revolve around getting them involved in their purpose. But it was a struggle for them. It took them a while to get there. We had to read all of Abraham's life before we really knew that, oh, wow, he's about faith. And he still had to make it clear in the New Testament for us. And you go through and read Hebrews chapter 11 and you see the different characters. Well, guess what? You're no different than Abraham. You're no different than Sarah. You're no different in God's plan as any one of the, what you might call the great people of faith. But some of us are just, at this point, we're just stuck in the belly of a whale. Some of us, we're, 
We just might be in the wilderness somewhere. Some of us, we might just be in a funk. A few people in the Bible got into a funk. We might just uh, be struggling to even just hear God's voice. And I hope by the time we finish through the series that you're more able to hear his voice, to know your purpose, and to follow it. And I'm, and I'm trusting that we're going to come out of it with that and, and, and what it takes to get us there. And that's what we want to look at over the next few weeks. Jonathan and I were talking about this uh, on Friday. <laughs> and I said this statement, and this is where we got the title of this message. I remember way back when I was uh, a newer believer, um, my pastor said, you know, God can't steer a parked car. And it just, for whatever reason, it registered to me. Man, that's right. <laughs> if I'm in park... He can't do a thing with me. He can't do a thing with me. And so uh, for the next few weeks, we're just going to kind of go on a drive and see if we can't get out of park and get moving forward. I thought I wrote down a few things here. What are some signs that indicate that we're really not in or on his purpose? In other words, I'm not there. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm living the good Christian life. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing and helping my kids memorize scriptures and get to church and all of that. How do I know if I'm really on purpose? Uh, And the first first point here, and it's on your notes there, you lack joy and excitement. In other words, there's just no excitement inside of me. And it doesn't mean that every day I wake up with a smile. Come on. But I have a joy and an excitement as I learn and as I follow God each and every day. Something exciting happens inside of me that the world had never been able to fill before I was saved. And I remember that distinctly. I just remember thinking, wow, uh, you do all this stuff over here, drugs and stuff like that. And just like the scripture said, sin makes you happy for a minute, but the end of it's terrible for you. I can remember that and never being able to quite find a happiness and quite find a joy and, 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 and so forth. But man, when I got saved and I began to pursue God, guess what? That inside joy and excitement has never left 40 some years later. I'm still excited to talk about Jesus. I'm still excited to talk to people about Jesus. I'm still excited to serve the Lord in any way that I could possibly serve him. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm, I'm his servant, right? We're, we're servants of the Most High God. So I'm his servant. I'm not the boss. I've come to find out. <laughs> I'm just his servant. <laughs> just his servant. And man, that's a bigger lesson than you probably realize. <laughs> okay, so you, don't, you lack joy and excitement means you're probably not on purpose or on point. You don't, the second one is you don't feel much fulfillment in life. You don't feel a fulfillment, you know. You get up and you go to work and you come home and you watch TV and you eat dinner and you go to bed and then you get up again and, and you uh, go to work and you watch TV and then you eat dinner and then you go to bed and you get up and it's just like, you know, I think Tony Evans says, you do the same-o, same-o, same-o every day. And he kind of said it just like that. 
It's the same old thing, and there's no fulfillment in doing your own thing in life, even though you might find some momentary success in it. The reality is, is that unfortunately, it takes a while sometimes for you to gain a few years in life to all of a sudden realize, wow, I really spent a lot of time on that, and it was worthless. It did not really help me, my family, or the kingdom. How many know what I'm talking about? You just invest in a lot of the wrong things. And then another way that you know that you're not on purpose is if you just feel stuck. You just know, man, I just feel stuck. I can't seem to be getting anywhere, and I desperately want to change, but I'm just stuck. I don't think I can make this change. I can't seem to get out of this thing. I'm, I'm stuck. And it might be stuck in my marriage. I might be stuck at my work. I might be stuck in my relationships. I might be stuck in my ministry. And I'm my purpose and what I'm supposed to be doing. But there's something inside that just keeps telling me, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're not on purpose. You didn't get into purpose of God. The, th- the, the, the last one here is that you just don't have a direction. You, you might just say, wow, I just don't know uh, what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do? And that's what I hope to help us to see. Uh, I don't know. Did you get that next picture up? It should be somewhere soon. Uh, no, it's the one of the tire. You feel like this. Has anybody ever had one of these things? <laughs> I've never had one. I've just seen them, though, downtown where they put those tire things on for a parking violation or whatever, you know. And, and you're just stuck and you just can't, you're, you, you can't move your car. And sometimes we just feel like that. And, and again, that's some of the things we want to uh, learn how to move past so that we can get uh, on purpose with God, on purpose with God. Uh, most, uh, most people, I would say, I wrote this down at this point, most people would experience the agony of defeat before they experience the thrill of victory. And this is important to know because uh, it's oftentimes people get started in the will of God, but then all of a sudden they come up against a defeat, that agony of defeat. And it actually kicks people off to the side. Sometimes for years of their life, they, they used to be zealous for God. They used to be fulfilling the purpose of God. When they decided to jump in and get involved, all of a sudden something didn't go quite right. And boom, now they're off to the side, and they're over here sitting on the side of the road just feeling whatever, angry, hurt, frustrated, whatever it is, and they literally stay there sometimes for years. Or they have this kind of reservedness about the way that they're going to serve the Lord from now on because they're going to be really cautious because they're never going to get hurt again. It, It doesn't work. I'm just telling you, it does not work. It just isn't going to work for you. It's not going to work for anybody. But it just happens, and maybe that's where you're at. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is that you have been on fire, but right now you'd say, well, I just can't quite, I don't have the joy. I don't have the excitement. I don't have the anticipation of the purpose of God. And we want to make sure that we address that And then, of course, we want to address the reality of maybe you just have never known how to do that. You've never heard that God does have a purpose for your life that you need to know and to understand. And so here's a few areas that people get stuck in. Okay, and this is, again, on your notes. If you want to look at this here and fill in a few blanks here, this is some areas that people uh, can get stuck in, an everyday reality stuck. 
Number one, we can't, we, can, we get stuck by focusing on what we can't do rather than focusing on what we can do. We just get stuck. We just like, well, I, I can't do that, and I can't do that, and I can't do that. Well, have you stopped to ever stop and begin to say, what can I do? And we'll talk a little bit about your, your shape or your purpose. I think uh, Purpose Driven Church, one of the uh, I think biggest uh, selling books ever, uh, talks all about your shape and your purpose and how do you uh, know what you're supposed to do. And we'll talk about that just a little bit too in the, in the weeks ahead. So we get stuck by focusing on what we can't do rather than focusing on what we can do. Does that make sense to you guys? You can just be there, can't you? You can just be like, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. And it just settles in inside of you, and pretty soon you get locked into that. It's a scary thing. You know, it's oftentimes I tell people, okay, so you say you can't do that. Are you sure it's not that you just won't do that? And that's often the case, is I just won't do that. I won't do something. And oftentimes the Lord is asking us to do something, and we just... I can't do that. I can't do that. Or is it, it's really, I won't do that. I won't step out and trust God. I won't believe that God is calling me into something. I believe every member of his body has something to do. That's what the scripture says. Every member has something to do. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to give a pastor to every church and they're going to do it all. And you're just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. Okay, for your sake, I wish that were true. But it really isn't, is it? It's just not at all true. But yet we, we sometimes we can think that way. The second thing is that we get stuck majoring in our minors. In other words, we're focusing on our weaknesses instead of acting in faith in our strengths. And again, we'll talk about our, our shape when, uh, in the weeks ahead. But we get stuck in major, by majoring in our minors. And again, that's a mindset that I think is dangerous when all I see is what's wrong with me. Because if I'm doing that, in a sense, I'm just saying, God, I don't trust you and I don't trust your word, right? I, I don't trust that scripture. I have to take some scriptures out of the Bible because I, I can't do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not me. You know, so I have to take that out of the Bible in order to stay legit. That's not what we do, is it? And so I have to be careful that I'm not doing it. Number three, we get stuck by moving through life in the rearview mirror instead of looking at the road that God has paved ahead for us. There's a reason that your rearview mirror is about 100 times smaller than your windshield. Somebody was really thinking about that. So many of us are stuck in the past. And I don't want to minimize the pain of the past, but how long will I stay there? How long will I stay there? How long will I let that hurt and that offense stop me from progressing in the purposes of God? And, 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 and how long will I allow those things to keep coming up? See, there's a solution and an answer to every hurt, to every pain, to every challenge that you've been through. There's a solution right here. But see, I have to be able to take it. But if I've already got my block up and that's all I'm doing is I keep looking in that rearview mirror, some of you just need to jerk that sucker off and throw it away and just look straight ahead. I think that's what Paul did when Paul said, you know, I don't look back. 
Why did he not want to look back? What didn't he want to look back at? All the Christians that he killed? All the Christians that he tortured? All the things that he did against Christians? Is that what he didn't want to keep looking at? Absolutely. But what does he do? He says, but listen, guys, I want you to press forward. And you can only do that if you're looking forward. And again, I am not minimizing the, 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 the deep wounds and the deep pains that we have growing up in life. But there's a solution to those. And if I don't find that solution, then I'm not going to really fulfill the purpose of God. Because I'm going to be stuck in that. And, and oftentimes, because in ministry and, and serving the Lord, uh, because you're in the middle of things, uh, you, you do get a few bumps and bruises from people. How many would agree with that? You know what I mean? And so if I'm all this old mega hurt from the past and I've never really allowed the... And I hope you hear, I'm not trying to be cruel about this, but I am trying to say, the Bible says, let us grow up. Didn't say let go up, but in Ephesians says grow up in him and, and, and he'll help you provide for that. He'll deal with that so you can get on with the purposes of God. The next thing is that we get stuck replaying our own failures like a broken record instead of moving on uh, to, the, to the next song. Let's go forward. Let's move forward. Let's not let that rehearsal of those wrong things that we've failed at. Has anybody here ever failed? Raise your hand if you have, so I don't feel alone. You know, you just try stuff, and it just doesn't work sometimes. But that's okay. That's okay. It's really okay. I give you permission to fail again, in case it happens. But don't let yourself begin to focus on your failures, or you'll never move forward into the will of God. It'll stop you every time. But it's just getting up and just keep going. Paul says, I keep going. I keep pressing. I even push toward the mark. And then we get stuck in defending and arguing our excuses rather than our purpose. Wow. We defend ourselves. We have excuses for everything other than fulfilling our purpose. I've just come to find out that God puts you on a track, and when you get on the track and you follow his track and his purpose, that nothing stops you, and he's able to then use you where he needs you. I was talking to somebody recently and just uh, kind of reminiscing on a few of the challenges that I've faced throughout the journey that I've been on, and uh, at one point went to help a church for six months or so, whatever it was. It was a pastor that just took the church um, and he needed help. And my pastor sent me there and said, you go help him. And I went over there uh, to Bakersfield, California, small community, just went there, got a part-time, well, I did construction, so I did part-time work, and I just served him and served him and served him. Well, come to find out, he was really not a good pastor at all. And I went through uh, uh, a number of months with this situation and uh, and then one day the leaders of the church and a uh, few of the people that were basically a part of the church came and t called me to their house and said, come on over, I want to talk with you. And, and man, as this conversation picked up, they were just eating that pastor to death. And I just finally stopped it and I said, you know, I don't know what really is happening. I understand things aren't really great here, but I, what I do see is there's more demonic spirit here than in him. And I got up and walked out. And I just left. I just said, I, I can't be a part of this. 
But I walked away from that really with a, with a, a bit of a wound, thinking, God, why would I go there? You tell me to go there, and then it turned out like that. Before I left, we helped another church stepped in that was a part of that church uh, that didn't know what was going on, and they replaced the pastor, and so good end of the story on that side. But I left away from there, and I walked away thinking, God, why, why, why? And a couple years later, I got a couple of letters from a couple of those main people that were in that demonic meeting. <laughs> they, they had revived themselves, and they just said, you know, hey, I just want to thank you for staying upright like you did it has saved us and our families. And I mean, I got two letters right in a row, you know, and I thought, wow. And the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me, and he said, you know, I wouldn't have sent you there if you couldn't have handled it. I needed you there. And I just think sometimes we just get so offended so easily when we get into a challenging situation when maybe we could be the solution. And other times I've been a solution where it worked out well. Okay, and so I just want to say this. We have to be very careful that, that, we're, that we're not allowing ourselves as we step into the purpose of God to take on these offenses that uh, are going to throw us off course. God will never send you anywhere that you will not be able to endure. He'll never put you in a situation that you will be overtaken. Isn't that what the scriptures say? I'll never give you anything that you can't handle. He's always going to be right there, and he wants to be right there so that he can show himself strong on your behalf and bring glory to him because you're going to give the glory back to him, right? It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. And, and so, you know, again, maybe, maybe you're stuck. Maybe we just need to get rid of that wheel clamp thing, you know, and so that we can move forward, and I'm, I'm going to trust that that's going to happen over the next few weeks. Let me close with reading this scripture and just making a couple brief comments and then we'll wrap up this morning. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. Would you just like to listen for a second? Kind of hear the Holy Spirit. What are you trying to say through this verse passages? Beloved, this is, uh, this is now the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of a reminder, to remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and the Savior spoken by your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust. Can I just pause for a second here and throw something in? I don't know that these last day mockers are all just human flesh and blood. I think it's the principalities and powers that are going to come and mock you. I mean, because where's the battle that you rage? It's really not out there, is it? It's right up here. That's why there's so much about putting on the helmet of salvation. Because in the last days, we're going to experience more spiritual attacks on our thoughts and on our minds than we've ever experienced in the past. And so he's saying, in these last days, these mockers, and they're following their own lust. They're just trying to fulfill their own thing. And I have to be careful that how am I doing with my thoughts? What's going on up here? And this is why we're talking about getting into the Word, and we're going to start uh, a 21-day prayer and reading the word.
uh, in, in a few weeks. And we'll give you more information on that in just a bit. But verse 8, but do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. That which the, with the Lord uh, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promises. The Lord, listen, the Lord is not, you should underline that. The Lord's not slow about his promises. So if things aren't working out like you exactly want them right this second, microwave, you've got to know that he's working something unique out through that. A lot of times I find it's what he's working out in me when things aren't happening like the, at the speed of light that I want them to happen at. Come on, we love to operate with the speed of light, but he loves to operate by the, seed, by the speed of seed. Yeah. It takes 20 years to grow an oak tree. And so he plants his seed in you, and then he begins to work it out. And man, I'd love him to do it faster, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just love to do it? Why? Because he's after something in you. He loves you so dearly. He does not want you to be deceived and stuck in sin and stuck in the grips of this world and all of that. And it just, I find it just takes some time to get those things out of me. He says, the Lord's not slow concerning his promises, as some might count slowness, but he's patient toward you. I love that. He's patient toward you. <laughs> not willing that any would perish. Now, let me just say this here. On that word perish, oftentimes we relate it to death, but it actually can also be translated, and I think it fits what this context is even better, for willing not to perish, it can be, it can be translated to be rendered useless. So the enemy wants to render you loose, useless. And, and yet we're going to believe that the, with the patience of God, and James talks about having patience, letting it do its perfect work in me. God's not just interested in his plan. He's interested in you. It all starts with you. And then he works his way out. Go ahead and put your notes away. And let's just take a second here. And uh, in his classic book, The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien wrote a poem that includes this line. It says, not all who wander are lost. Not all who wander are lost. And, and I, I believe that over this next few weeks, the Lord is going to begin to open up the eyes of your understanding. And maybe you have been wandering for whatever reason. Maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, the, 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 the wheel walk thing for you is something from the past, most likely. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've sinned. Maybe you've just disobeyed, the God, disobeyed God in some area. And just something has happened to where now you're not pressing in with him. And I, I want us to take a moment and just take a second before we race out of here and maybe ask the Holy Spirit, search me and know me. What's holding me back from understanding your purpose and desiring to pursue your purpose? knowing that I only have a short life here on earth before I transition into all of eternity. 
forever and ever and ever. I have this short season here that I can get it and, and, and do what I need to do, what he, what he purposed in me. And, and I won't waste my life. I won't let the other things of this life be first. But I'll let him be first, and he'll take care of those things. Right? Isn't that what Matthew 6.33 says? So just maybe jump into your closet. <laughs> Kind of close your eyes for a second. And let's just let the Holy Spirit maybe speak to you for just a second. Just, just, just give him a minute. Just give him a minute. we're just stuck at our work we're just frustrated with it and sometimes it's just because we haven't seen God's purpose in our work and so therefore it becomes I become bored sometimes we're frustrated in our marriages the purpose of it sometimes we're frustrated with relationships or lack of relationships and we, we just seem to keep bumping into these frustrations God wants to take the, the wheel lock off this morning I really felt that when he gave me that little picture of that wheel lock, I thought, that's what you want to do. Uh, you can't take that wheel lock off your car, but the authority can. The authority can come and do that. And that's what God, I really believe he wants to do that this morning to, to many of us. We've got this little lock, and it's keeping us in this place where we're only doing so much for God. We, we're not really fulfilling the servant side of it or we've kind of legislated what we will do or maybe we just really can't figure out what we're doing. And so we, we, we just struggle with that. And again, we'll, we'll cover that in a practical way soon. But in the meantime, I felt like the Holy Spirit say that it, it does all start... Um, as a spiritual issue. Everything has a spiritual root to it. 
every problem you face, you will, if you look closely, you'll find it has a spiritual root to it. And that's what I want to pray against and break this morning so that we can get this wheel lock off so that now as you begin to progress forward on the journey, then, uh, then God can begin to steer your car. He can begin to steer your car because you're no longer locked up and in park. But I have to stop and acknowledge what that looks like for me. For some of you, and maybe uh, here in this room or online, you've never really yielded completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So how could you possibly yield to the other? And he would just say to you, uh, believe in him trust in him give your entire life over to him and he will show you the next step he'll show you further in this again you must be born again you must ask Christ to come in and be your Lord to start with and secure your eternal position with him and then you can begin to understand the spiritual depth and spiritual understanding. And uh, sometimes people just start coming to church and they don't have a spiritual understanding. And it just doesn't, some of the stuff just doesn't seem to make sense to them. And I'm just saying that sometimes it is a reality of just, you've never made him your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you. It says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn, but he came to free you, to save you. And that you can just simply do that where you're at. And we'd love to help you if, if you if that's where you're at today. Others of you have had hurts in the past, and that's your little wheel lock. And you just haven't been able to quite figure out, how do I get out of this, Lord? Well, he's going to break the spiritual of it today. And then you're going to listen, and he's going to guide you out of it. And you'll have a small rearview mirror and a large windshield. Some of you are just going to need to make some exchanges. God has blessed you and he's favored you, but he's still wanting to make some exchange with you. And that's only something that you would probably know. And I would trust that even during this few minutes that he's revealing that to you. So why don't we just all hold out our hands right now? I just think that I just felt this is so important for all of us this year. I'm so excited about this year and what God's going to do. I just think His His remnant, His people, are going to rise up in such an amazing way. You're not even going to know yourself by the end of this year. It's going to be an awesome time. We're not going to let this world and this culture dictate our lives any longer. We've been slowly sleeped into that, but that's going to change. And as you just respond to him, I believe it's going to change even this morning. Father, I pray for all of us this morning. <clears throat> I pray that first you'd break off the spiritual stronghold that the enemy has put within our minds concerning our lives and concerning where we've been and where we're at and how we are and all of that and that that, that stronghold would be removed. I, I do believe you said that, Lord. You would be removed from our minds today so that we would have a fresh freedom 
to receive the truth of the Lord, not only know it in our heads, but it would come into our hearts and out of the, uh, out of the inside of our hearts comes the issues of life and that there'd be a transformation this morning. So just break it right now in Jesus' name. Whatever that is, I, I am asking to release and break the stronghold of the enemy over our minds that keeps lying to us and telling us that we can't do this or that or we can't change. But today, God, we can change. And I pray for a fresh release of the Holy Spirit over each one of our minds now to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to us and not reject it, but accept it, receive it, take it in, grab a hold of it, even as we've spoken in the previous weeks, God, we would, we would grit a hold of it and pull it in and begin to see that it is powerful and that your word does work. And I just pray your, uh, just your fresh stirring upon each one of us today, God. You, <laughs> you said the joy of the Lord was going to be our strength. And we come to receive that today because, God, in you, it's exciting. It's a joyful journey, even through the challenges and the seasons. It's still a joyful journey. And I thank you, God, for each and every person here today. And I pray as we progress forward in this year, God, you would truly show us how that we are really the head and not the tail. God, we are uh, your sons and daughters who you long to know and who you long to release the signet ring, the authority of God through. So just bless God our hearts to, with your word today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.